You found yourself on another episode of Locked On Bulls. On today's episode, me and Steve are going to break down everything coming out of media day between AK and, and uh, B- Billy Donovan's comments, between uh, the point guard training camp battle, and Javon Carter, I think, is going to be a Chicago Bulls favorite player when it's all said and done. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's Steve-O, host of NBA Central. Y'all go and check him out. He also contributes over there on Chicago Bears Central. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls Central and Chicago Bears Central. Uh, and we are going to be breaking down everything for Media Day. Steve-O, let's go ahead and get into it, man. I want to start it with the first two people that we saw in Media Day, and it's every Media Day. That is uh, our president of basketball operations, uh, Arturis Karnasova, and head coach Billy Donovan. It's always funny how Mark Eversley, he never really shows up for Media Day. He is there for uh, the, the, po- the end of the season in press conferences but he's never there in media day um but when you when you ak and billy donovan a lot of what they talked about uh and not everything but a lot a big chunk of it was play style they talked about play style heavily as far as getting more threes billy donovan talked about the importance of you know creating uh good shots um you know creating where you take your shots at as well so that they can go after offensive rebounds a little bit better as well talked about playing with more pace things like that what were some of the takeaways that you uh, you walked away from with AK and Eversley's? Uh, I'm sorry, AK and Billy Donovan's portion of uh, Media Day. Um, what I got was that they both really sat down and looked at the details of this team, uh, mainly the the what we contribute and mainly why we was losing. I love hearing some of the stuff like, yeah, we want to shoot threes, but it's where we shoot them and when we decide to shoot them. Because a lot of those times in those games, the reason why we wasn't getting those offensive boards because we were shooting them at the wrong time. We wasn't in position and became long, um, long rebounds. And that's the easiest way to start a fast break. And that's something very in-depth that you really have to pay attention to. And that was one of the first things they said. Um one of the things they kept on saying, you kept hearing the word pace. And I think a lot of people realized that I kept saying I was on um on Shot Bulls podcast. We did all 82 games. And I, every game I kept saying, bro, we got one of the most athletic teams in this league. Only person that ain't running is Vooch. And Vooch will run if it's willing. If everybody's running, he will run. Yeah. And I was like, why is the pace so slow? Every time we had DeMar going up the court, he's dribbling. I'm like, come on, you got to pull, pull the pace. Y'all too fast for that. Kobe White can get up the floor in three dribbles. So can yeah. Zach. So can Ayo. Just push the pace some more, and that's something they realizing. They realized that the three-point shot in certain situations was not hitting it. They addressed that with Torrey Craig, who, if like you said in the past lives, if we get Javon Carter and Torrey Craig's average, that boots is way up. Our three-point machine is what we've been dealing with anyway. So they just really – what gave to me, they really sat down and probably had an honest conversation of where this team was really at. Yeah, and, I'm, and I mean, you know, we we used talked about before, like the fact that Javon Carter even came in as a new player and when he was asked about one of the things that the Bulls – that he noticed that the Bulls didn't do last season as an opponent, he said the reluctance to shoot, right? You want to take the right shots. You want to make sure that you're taking shots in the flow of the offense. But – 
having a better pace, getting more offensive rebounds, right? Being smarter. Uh, Billy Donovan also, also talked about the core three players, Vooch, Damar, and Zach, empowering the the other role players and trusting them a little bit more. If you do those things, the offense should flow a little bit more naturally. The Chicago Bulls were 20th in pace overall last season. Now, nobody's expecting them, and even Billy Donovan said, you don't want to run just to run, but it's how you create those opportunities to run, right? So being a defensive team that get that gets uh, deflections, things like that, you can get out in transition, right? Getting defensive rebounds, you can get in, in as in transition. And like you said, like Vooch, I know a lot of people look and say, oh, how can we run more pace with Vooch? Vooch is actually really good in pace. When you look at when Lonzo Ball was there, the Bulls were, were 12th in pace that part of the season. And Nikola Vucevic was solid in that. Now, you don't want him just standing at the three-point line shooting, but as a trailer, he actually can be effective with, with a faster pace team. Again, run and gun and faster pace are very different things. And I think a lot of yeah. a lot of basketball fans, when you say do uh play with a quicker pace they automatically go to also oh, we're going to be a running gun team no it's 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 some gray area between those two it's players. really just like the main thing i wanted to do like the main it, and it was sad that i was saying that like every rebound even every defensive rebound was like do not give it to demar do not yeah. give it to demar just take it and go i don't care who has it just go because i knew if he went to demar he's gonna turn around survey and i'm dribbling up and then that's gonna make everybody just dribble up and then for the most part, every time we did get a defensive rebound, we gave it to DeMar, so everybody already knew we weren't running. So they was like, mm-hmm. all right, let's go set up this half-court offense. And it's like, bro, we probably could have got 20 extra points in a game, honestly, if we just ran on the opportunity that was given us on fast breaks. We did not – I don't know our ranking on fast breaks, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't high. I'm I'm pretty sure it was when Zoe was here because when Zoe grabbed that rebound, you better be running because he looking to throw it like he uh Keller Williams out there. Yeah. So that's the main thing. It's not like running gun like uh some of these college teams or these high school teams where they just sprint up the floor. Like, nah, we we are we got pretty older players now. Most of our players is 26 and up. And besides the young dudes, so now nah, I ain't talking about running gun. It's just pick your poison when you're gonna do everything. Yeah, and I, and I think that now that bench unit now that is a, a unit that I would like to see play. Not necessarily running gun, but even faster pace. When you look at like the the having Io off the bench, Kobe ends up coming off the bench, right? Um, you 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 throw into that Io Desumu and and um Andre Drummond. Like these are players that absolutely you get out there and you can run with, especially if you're forcing turnovers. And I and I'll be happy to see that. But like I just from Billy Donovan's talk, and Billy Donovan is a really good talker, and we have to see it actually come on, but the way that him and AK talked, it really did seem like they realized the way that they need to change this offense for the Chicago Bulls, and we'll see if it ends up happening. And, you know, even Nikola Vucevic talking about him wanting to be able to be a, a, f- a facilitator a little bit more, right? Like, he was asked, uh, I can't remember who asked the question, I believe it was Casey Johnson, um, what can can they take, from the, can the Bulls take from the Denver Nuggets offense? And Vuce honest he's always going to be honest right saying that i'm not i'm not Jokic, but i can't do some of those things right and playmaking is one of his biggest assets and i really would like to see vooch get a little bit more opportunity he's one of the smartest and highest iq basketball players we have when it comes to catching the guy at the right time bro like i I, I don't like we didn't talk about it on your platform like when it comes to vooch he's probably Next to Pat Pat uh, P. Will, I feel like he's the most unutilized when it comes to his skill player on this team. Because, mm-hmm. like we said, we 
I, and I think that was some of the biggest thing why people was on Vooch those first few years when he was here. He'd been a number one majority of his career. So he know how to get it any type of way. He's won games shooting. He's won games in the paint. He run games just for getting fouls. He's winning in every situation. And the fact that we don't play to his strengths, first year we just had the man jacking like he was Chris Stapper Singers or something. And I was like, bro, he, he you got to feed him around down low. He's an all-around type of player. You got to feed him down low. Soon as he turned his back and called for the ball, you give him the ball. And he's going to be quick decisions with it. He's either going to pass or he's going to attack. It's not and, – and it's not even to put no front or drumming. It's not a when you, you get drumming the ball and you hold your breath. It's not that situation with him. Yeah, like, I feel you. And, that, and that's the and, – and you started to see the frustration last season. There have been many times where he would just come up the floor slugging because you completely ignored him on a whole play. The, the play was almost meant for him, and you just completely said, no, nah, he, he is not a clean enough pipe. I'm, I'm not going to throw it to him. Give him the ball. And then yeah. you wonder why he's getting tech and he's not into the game, even though he's the most consistent bull. But, yeah, I, that, I know we're going to talk about – probably going to talk about Nicola, but Nicola was talking his stuff this one. Absolutely, and, and that kind of leads into the next topic. We're going to talk about that point guard battle, and I think the point guard battle is really going to – dictate a lot of how we use Nikola Vucevic, whether it's Javon Carter and Kobe White. And we'll get into the details of why I feel like that in a second. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Ibotta. The, the holidays are near, which means you might have a long list of gifts you need to buy. I know I do, and I know uh, my lady needs those gifts. Uh, don't just spend money on everyone else without getting anything in return. Use Ibotta to start getting cash back today. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back it's that easy the average i bought a user earns a hundred dollars per year that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or you can use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing that game you've been dying to go to or that fancy dinner you've been craving other apps give you points that don't amount to much with ibotta you get real cash back that you will cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app and use code LOCK to start earning real cash back. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCK. Yeah, you're going to need that up bottle. Man, listen, bro. Between all these kids, man, yeah, we definitely need it. I'm uh, the average user gets hundred dollars back. I'm getting about two fifty. I'm about to say you probably get about <laughs> five hundred from a flight back. Hey, if they had lids on there, I definitely bro, would would be on our bottle because yeah, that's thousands of dollars. As many hats as I buy. Oh, uh, but one of the things that everybody talked about from every player that was interviewed, um, even AK and Billy was the point guard battle. And it's going to be an open point guard battle. AK and Billy even threw in Iowa as potentially being in that point guard battle, which people are kind of out on Iowa. But Javon Carter, the thing that kind of made me say that is that who wins that point guard battle, I think is going to have a heavy effect on how Vooch is used is because like Javon Carter, he sat down and he said, I can't wait to play with Vooch. 
it, he didn't mention any other player that he can't wait to play with Vooch. And I think that's important. And I think whether it's Javon or Kobe that ends up being the starting point guard, it changes how you use Vooch, right? If it's yeah. Kobe, I think playing through Vooch is even more important because you can then use Kobe in a similar to Jamal Murray role, which he can float on the outside, him and Zach. If it's Javon Carter, I honestly think a pick and roll and pick and pop with Javon Carter and, and Nikola Vucevic could be a nice weapon for the Chicago Bulls, much like the pick and roll between uh, Derrick Jones Jr. and Lonzo Ball turned into something with their similar kind of play style. So, like, when you when you look at the point guard battle that we're coming into training camp with, um, who do you think is going to walk out of this with? And do you did you walk away from this thinking, like, either Billy Donovan or anybody kind of has their their – the player that they prefer to kind of win this point guard battle. I think because of what the, all the words Billy said, I think he's leaning more on Kobe because he's seeing the work payoff. And mm-hmm. um, for one, he's been there the longest, so um, he he's the most familiar with him. And uh, like I said, even seeing the most work payoff, and he kind of has the higher upside if he if he figures it out. So I think he's leaning towards that way now. To the Javon Carter point, like I, 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 I know why he said that. The man just left Brick Lopez, and you can't say they they're not similar. Yeah. They're pretty similar. I mean, Brooke Lopez to this point maybe is more of a shooter compared to Vooch, but they both had similar um styles. Um, back to, they could play back to the basket. They could face up. They could shoot. And um, I think one of the main things he noticed over the past two years, because like I said, he's been playing against the Bulls quite often, and he realized not only is they not shooting, he probably also noticed they're not utilizing him to his full potential as well. He's probably been on team. He's been around team to team. But I, I might need to look it up. He might have been teammates with the Vooch at one point. But um, I he ever played. He pro- way, but yeah, yeah. this the, the amount of times he probably have played with him, he's probably experienced Vooch as that one, and he's seen what he's capable of, and he's seen what he come to this team. And yes, he's been consistent, but we still haven't seen the best Vooch, and yeah. that's saying something. Yeah, I mean, and and that and that's the thing is that and Vooch did say like the European game, the FIBA game is a lot different than the NBA game. It's a slower pace, and that does help you know bring out the most of of Vooch's skills. But like, I really do think that we one of our biggest missed opportunities since Lonzo Ball went down was not utilizing Vooch's playmaking a little bit more. And so, and we don't have like the half court playmaking point guard. Neither Kobe or Javon are that. Now they both talked about the importance of them understanding how to playmake. And Kobe even in his in his um, media day just talking about like how as a point guard if he does win that starting point guard position he has to be vocal he has to understand where where other players like the ball he has to run the show was the exact phrase that he used and I like that like we've seen such a different mentality and Kobe White grow as a player over his time here in Chicago and I know you know the stat sheet hasn't been the most and even Kobe talked about how he's been an up and down player so far in his career but like I, I think sometimes we don't realize the growth because if it doesn't stand out on the stat sheet a lot of fans don't watch many basketball games but Colt, you can't deny, even though statistically last year was one of Kobe's weaker seasons, he's grown so much as a basketball player and understanding how to how to play on both sides of the ball and be impactful when you're not scoring. And if he does win that point starting point guard role, this is probably the best suited he's ever been to be a starting point guard. Yeah, I think that's a key point that you're saying, like that people don't realize when it comes to Kobe. Like I, I'm don't I don't hesitate saying that he's probably one of the hardest workers on his team. Just because, yeah, if you're just looking at the stats, which you shouldn't do, this ain't baseball. 
um, you should look at the game because if you watch the game, you notice that his decision making got better, his handle got better, him his timing when it comes to when to take shots, where to take them got better. Because at one point he was like the way he came from in North Carolina, he was a jocker. And he could do that, and Roy Williams allowed him to do that because it was college. And when he got here, he got hot a couple times. But once the team started to figure out the league um, didn't really slow down for him yet, um, he started to realize, like, hey, and then he got put in that point guard position. He realized, oh, I can't really play make in the half court like I thought I did. And he really didn't ha- need to do that because they had other playmakers in North Carolina at that point. So, when he, yeah, he's definitely – Taking the time to work on his hand of decision making, and I'm pretty sure he probably went into um, this offseason said, "I need somebody to help me work on my playmaking because I'm probably gonna have a chance to become a." Um, and even if he doesn't, he still got to be ready in moments where they're gonna put him at point guard because we know Billy Donovan does not see the same lineup more than five times. <laughs> yeah, Billy Donovan he looks at lines up completely different than most of us. And that's fine, what right? we can do this week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Now, from talking about who could be our new starting point guard, we got to talk about our old starting point guard, Alonzo Ball, who surprisingly enough showed up to media day. I did not expect him to be there uh, at know all. Um, you know, very confident, still adamantly saying that he will uh, make a return. Um, how, what, how did you feel about at least just seeing Lonzo? Because I tell you what, Lonzo looks... He looks like he's gained a, about five to ten pounds of muscle since the last time I've seen him too. Like he upper body wise, he looked he looked like he's been he's been hitting the gym. How'd you feel he, about he, he been with his brother and his daddy? You know they been in the backyard by the pool lifting weights. You know that's <laughs> what they've been. But um, I, I got like mixed emotions about it because it's almost like you playing with me, you playing in my face. Like you know mm-hmm. how much we miss, like what you contribute here, and we know you're not gonna be here this year. So it's like. Yeah, I'm glad that you up in spirits compared to the last time we seen you. I'm glad that you um you got yourself a new haircut because you and them braids was getting on my nerve. But um like it, it, it's nice to see him, but it's just like dog, you just playing with me. Like I, I think what what really got me is the whole he took pictures in the and the jersey. I'm like, all right. You why? <laughs> so like so like you go just confused. I'm gonna look back from here a couple of seasons now talking about. He played that. No, he didn't. He was out. Why is he taking pictures? Like, it was just confusing. Like, like, like I said, it was nice to see him, but it was like, you playing with me, dog. Like, you, you know, don't, don't tease me like this. I mean, yeah, it, it was definitely nice to see him. And it was nice to see him just be there amongst his teammates, right? Like, it was nice to see all that. But, like, I think there's a reason why most everybody else had on white jerseys and him, he had on a red one. I, th- I just think that's the, there's something red. To I, I think Corey <laughs> Craig had on a red one too, but almost everybody else had on the white jersey. So there's something I mean, to be do said. Not that touch. Do not touch him. That's like, <laughs> with the, with the quarterback, when they got the red jersey, don't touch him. He got red yeah. on, don't touch him. Yeah. For sure, for sure. We got a question from Thomas here. I'm actually going to put this on the screen. He says, uh, I know this isn't the topic of the day, but did anyone notice how much weight Pat has dropped? Um, Honestly, I can't say that I noticed that until you just pointed it out. Now I'm going to have mean, to go back and I look think, at it. I think it was just all that damn weight he had on. I mean, that could have been it. He had well. a lot of accessories on, to be honest. Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 maybe he got lean, but I've, I haven't really paid attention to it. I'm, I'm, let me go. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. Shout out to Thomas for pointing it out because I honestly hadn't thought about that or paid attention to maybe, that at all. I, and maybe that's a good thing because one of the things I noticed about Pat Will was like, yeah, he's physically strong, but it's almost like he got a lag. Like, if he dropped a couple pass, he'd be a little quicker. Yeah, I mean, listen, and, and if that helps, like, one thing that I think Patrick Williams is strong, right? We all know that Pat is strong. He has a strong base. Um, but if he did drop some weight and it helps him with that lateral quickness a little bit more, and I'll tell you what, one of the things in Pat's game that I think, not that he's always had a bunch of opportunity to show it either, but Pat really hasn't taken many players off the dribble. If, he, if dropping a little bit of weight uh, adds to his ability to do that, I think with his leaping ability too, could definitely help him as well. So I have to look into that, man. Yeah, like he doesn't take people off the off the bat at all. Yeah, and, at I, all. I, and I was like, he for somebody that jabs so much, he should. Because the jab is so he is a little lean. He is a yeah. little lean. Yeah. I, 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 I can't agree. The headband. Uh but Bro, yeah, shout out to Thomas for pointing it out. Man. He need to get Andrew Drummond his his shirt back though. I don't like that style. <laughs> you silly, on bro. You silly. Nah. But uh, we want to remind you guys that Locked on Bulls is free and available on every podcasting app and platform of your choice, as well as YouTube and the Odyssey app. Last topic of the day. I want to talk about some about, and we can branch off from this, but Javon Carter, like we know that this Chicago Bulls team needs a leader on the court, a vocal leader on the court. Um, and Javon Carter stepped in and, and said that he is going to be a leader and that he's going to make his opinion known. And, you know, on top of that is somebody who, like, I expect Javon Carter to walk away with the starting point guard position. But, hey, I'm, I'm not not against Kobe doing it, too. But, like, we I'd rather that from too. Javon. Uh, and being a player that's played with stars, right? I, was he on the the Milwaukee team when they won the title? I don't think he was. Um, I, See, that was year, that was year, like, 18, 19, I don't think. Okay. Uh, okay. Nah. I don't think he was. Yeah. But no, you, no, no. 20. Yeah. No, no, no. That was 22, 23. Nah, he wasn't. I don't okay. think so. Um, but with that said, like, I, I just, Javon Carter having that experience. And that's one thing that I like about the Bulls bringing in veterans um, to this team is that it's veterans that you can see starting if you need to, but it's also veterans that can support and help guide the development of some of these younger players that we, that just need to refine their game. And Javon Carter saying that he's ready to step up into that leadership position was was a big one for me. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, because we knew how we see how much it, it meant just having uh Patrick Beverly here. So if we they're very like he I won't say he's at maybe not as vocal because first of all, Patrick Beverly is a whole different type of vocal type of leader. He's a whole different yeah. type of leader in his own right. Yeah. But um they both on the city, they both uh got that root in them. I we definitely need somebody, especially on the defensive side, that's talking. Because if it ain't, if especially if a Caruso's not out there, we're done because we don't communicate. It's, it's ghosts. Like I said in uh, last uh, yesterday's, are you hearing sneakers? You don't hear no talking. Yeah. You need, you definitely need talking. And that's something he brings. He was with Drew Holiday, he was with Bobby. I already know them practices was crazy. I already know. So I'm thinking about that. I'm I, I just love that we we just got two dogs in practice now. So now we got something like a hey, Pat. I could just see now Tori coming to Pat like, bro, you bigger than me. <laughs> what it go go you go through him? Hey Javon, he come over Zach. You are you are three times the score I am. You don't even need the ball to score sometimes. If you don't stop 
whining every time this mug take a side step, step back with it. I'm, oh, I forgot we was on lockdown, but I'm just saying, if you just need some people to get like, because sometimes a play, a coach can't get into a player's ear. You see the the result we had when Patrick Beverly came to Zach and said, "Bro, if you don't stop passing and shoot." And what he do ever since then, he was shooting. Javon gonna tell him the same thing. That's a fact. That's a fact, and we and we need that. And I think especially Javon Carter and his intelligence on the defensive side of the ball is gonna help. Uh, you know, a lot of those other players out there with that defense side. Now, um, I want to open it up to you, Steve-O. I know we've been very kind of formal in this, man. What else that we haven't touched on from train from uh, media day that's on your mind, man? Like, hey. Hey, the cola is a gangster because he don't care what nobody say. He going to say what he mean and he going to mean what he say. That dude's the most. If if I had like one thing about me, I'm such a realistic person. I love people that's realistic and just a sense of realism. And everybody on his team, probably next to Kobe, he was the most realist to me. He was just so real with everything like. Do you feel like you was used? I mean, I think I had some good pockets here and there, but I feel like. I don't want to shoot as much as I've been doing. Like mm -hmm. you wasn't hearing that. Like that he brings uh he has a culture within himself that I need him to bring out so this whole team can have it. And I know he's not the vocal most vocal leader, even though based on some of the arguments and, and meetings we've heard, he will say some stuff, but like it just he he like he just keep proving how much of a glue person he is, and um, I'm glad that he he wanted to be here. He he talked about how much he wanted to be here. One, I know he bought a crib here, so I knew he wasn't yeah. going nowhere. So, <laughs> but yeah, it just Nicola stood out a lot. Um, of course Javon stood out, but um, uh, I guess the one thing that also is Demar kind of alluded that, that that I don't know if that deal, I don't know if that deal right. So I was like. I've seen so many people take that differently. There are some that take that and have said, oh, well, they're, they're working on a deal. They'll work it out. There are some that say, hey, it seemed a little noncommittal there. Is it going to happen? Like, and you could really, you could take away either one from it. But I think, you know, I think both sides would love to come to a contract. It just, it's that number. And I really do think that the front office is going is willing to wait it out to see all right what is the ceiling of this team when one of the quotes we didn't talk about from ak when asked about the luxury tax he said you know mm -hmm. we have to make sure and confirm that this group of guys is the group before we go into the luxury tax to me that almost directly correlates with demar DeRozan and to a degree patrick williams contract extensions because i tell you what it's going to be very hard to add anything to this team to what they can potentially get uh, in, in their next contracts as far as extensions, if you're still trying to avoid the luxury tax. So maybe you could pull from that, that AK is saying, listen, we want to see where we're going to be at. And if we are a team that is still fighting to be above 500, we'd be crazy to add more to this team and go into the luxury tax at that point and maybe not pivot to something else. I'm not saying that's not, that's what it necessarily is, but his quote left a lot of room for, for questions on what that could mean. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of. I mean, this whole organization is a question, if we want to be honest. <laughs> but I'm just saying, uh, it, it, when it comes to that, like, like, like I said yesterday, 
I'm at the point like most organizations they using the luxury the luxury tax regardless of who what they team is. Mm-hmm. They just trying to figure it out. Um, I'm at this point where I'm I'm not like maybe last year and the year before that. It's been three years, right? Was it four? With AK now, AK's this is his fourth season. So yeah, it's been four. Yes, especially now. I'm about tired of hearing. Let's see if it like like for the Heat. We we look like the team with the Heats, the Heats, the Nuggets. The first two years, you can see like, all right, we got something. Mm -hmm. If we just keep molding in, put the right pieces around here, maybe it could work. Year one and two of the main core here, man. I just sound like I'm from Baltimore. Um, you just realize like, okay, we can't beat the best teams, but we beating everybody else. Then the second year, we beating some of the best teams, but we losing to teams we ain't got no business losing to. I don't know if this the core. So by by the time you get to like year three, you should realize this the core night. The fact you don't know this, the core night is what worries me. That's just me. I mean, no, and and the thing is, is that I think as a executive, you have to ask yourself, like, is it is it beneficial to us to keep plugging the holes that we see that this core has? Or is it going to be more beneficial to us in the short and long term to make a change to the core? And I think when it'd be different if, the, if we're talking about the Bulls for the last two years going on these playoff runs to where they just look like they just can't get over them. Even if they like looked formidable in the first round and couldn't get out the first round, at that point you have a little bit more. But we're a team that won one playoff game in, in that first round against the Milwaukee Bucks two years ago, and then we couldn't make it out the plan this past season. And even with me being an optimistic Bulls fan, because I, I really do think this team is going to surprise a lot of, of, of the NBA world and Bulls fans this year. But, like, just from being from the standpoint of, of realistic, you, you'd be crazy not to have some questions on if this is going to be the core that can get you there. You know what's crazy? I'm looking at my keys and I got a bull. You, you see how dingy this is? This is how <laughs> our team is right now. We just hanging on by three. And I honestly really thought when DeMar came here, it was like, okay, we just trying to keep Zach here. Okay, we got Zach here. Now we can make a stride for somebody he really wants to play with. And then such and such, such and such. I didn't think they was going to fall so in love with the Zach and DeMar thing because mm-hmm. even when he came here, I was like, okay, you bring irrelevance. We probably could make a playoffs, but I've seen you have multiple times at at a crack at the finals, and you just fail, 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 fail. Yeah. And it's mainly because of your game. You're gonna be a legend. You probably gonna go in the Hall of Fame, but it's just certain players that if you legit don't have the perfect situation from team to coach to owner, you just never going to win. And I feel like Debo is just that type of player. And then he's, he's also very difficult to build around. Like there's very, like he's almost like a mellow. He's almost like those type of players. You don't very much see like maybe the closest people in terms of like the way they play and the dominant side of it. It's like maybe Giannis, but Giannis is just like a whole different type of dynam- dynam- uh, dominant. So um, it, it just, uh, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like it. Just it's very hard to build a perfect team in general. It's even harder to build behind somebody that says he can shoot threes, but he gonna make one out of two when he do shoot it. And then 
90 percent of the game he's going to play like it's 2004 yeah i mean it, it, and i and i get where you're getting at like that margin like with some teams you have a bigger margin of error built in with demar Rosen. It's a smaller margin of error of how to get that perfect balance of that team. And that's why, like, having Lonzo going down was so hurtful to this team because he really was the, almost that perfect player to strike that balance between the, the rest of the pieces that we had. And, you know, up to this season, it's going to be the Bulls are still still looking to replace that in a lot of ways. And we'll see if this is a season that they're able to do. Um, but, to, yeah. You let it go to Boston. That's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hey, I, that was the listen, closest guy we hey, had. Listen, well, Drew Holiday, I won't lie. Drew Holiday, I, I never thought they'd give up those assets, but Drew Holiday probably is the player that could get you the closest to what Lonzo Ball brought to this team. And, hey, it is what it could have should have, bro. We'll see if they can find it eventually. Steve-O, man, go ahead and tell them where they can follow you at, brother. And they can follow me at Steve-O Speaks on everything, Instagram, Twitter. Follow me on NBA Central as well as the rest, the rest of the Central game. I'm, I'm – Hey, I'm Wildcat. I'm always in. <laughs> you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. You know how to spell it, man. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Bulls. Me and Pat will be back tomorrow, man, and uh, with our usual brand of hilarity. Uh, but for, for Steve-O, man, and Pat, the designer who's out, y'all make sure you're out and support Pat as well. This has been Locked on Bulls, and we out, y'all. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do it for fair. I had to. <laughs>